everybody, this is B, And this is Leslie. And you're listening to Getting Shitfaced, a podcast where two friends across the country from each other get together over drinks and talk about our favorite show, Schitt's Creek. This week, we're recapping the 11th episode of season six, The Bachelor Party. Leslie, how are you doing? <laughs> I'm surviving. Uh, today was my first day of work from home. So, you know, we're we're figuring out a routine and we'll go from there. I haven't been, you know, trapped fully at home as long as some people have. I did have to go to work, unfortunately, up until now. But uh, I'm I'm happy to be working from home. We should all be doing that as much as possible. When we can, yes. Yeah. So how about you? I mean, I feel like we should. I'm hoping we're recapping this at this moment in time because sometime in the future, someone might listen to this and this is a... Distant memory, but uh, we're in the middle of a coronavirus lockdown right now, and I'm on day five of being at home. I've only left once. I mean, I'm not Dan Levy levels of cooking yet, but I did dance around my house with my dog screaming bad romance yesterday, so it's getting there. I support it. Um, yeah, right. We're all making do, you know? <laughs> We're all making do, but what better time to listen to a podcast? Right. Or to watch Shit's Creek. <laughs> or to watch Shit's Creek. I mean, Leslie and I have been social distancing from each other for a very long time now, if you hadn't noticed. So <laughs> if you are find- needing ways to hang out with your friends, we recommend creating a podcast, just not <laughs> the same as ours, because... Right. We already took this one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but... Maybe we need to escape a little bit. So, Leslie, do you want to talk about this episode? Yeah. So, The Bachelor Party. Um, In this episode, Moira is less than excited about the only opportunity she's gotten after turning down the Sunrise Bay offer. Uh, But Johnny's prospects are looking up as he waits for a call from his former assistant about setting up a pitch meeting for their new motel franchising plans. Of course, with their minds elsewhere, no one can quite match Patrick's enthusiasm for his and David's escape room bachelor party, but they all ultimately pull through in typical Rose fashion. Moira is over it from the start. David gets really into it. Alexis gets them out like the girl boss she is, and Johnny ultimately gets the call he was hoping for. And at the end of the day, all of it leaves Alexis questioning whether her growth might be better cultivated outside of Shit's Creek. A lot happened. A whole lot. A whole lot happened. Before we dive into it, we got to have a drink. (laughs) I mean, if there was ever a time for a drink, it's now. Um, And Leslie found a great drink for us. So our recommended drink for this week is called The Sweet Escape. So clearly for all your escape room or escapism from (laughs) what's happening in the world, uh, this is a great drink. Um, And it combines mango puree, vodka, lemon juice, simple syrup, some chilled soda water, and mango slices. It sounds wonderful, but clearly we're all rationing right now. (laughs) So if you have access to all those things, we want to hear about how great this drink was because we don't. Yeah. So I'm just going to tell you what I'm drinking instead, but I want to hear if you guys get to drink that. Um, And Leslie, what are you drinking? Um, I'm actually drinking a rosé cider instead at the moment because that's what I had at home. Um, It felt irresponsible to go out to the store just to get the things I needed for this drink. And so, you know, recommended, but hopefully at some point in the future, people will be listening to this and making this drink. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I definitely will be making that drink soon because it sounds great. 
I'm actually drinking. So I did go out today, but only for a couple of things. And while I was out, I stopped at a local distillery because I want to support local businesses. Um, And so Cardinal Spirits is a local distillery. You can actually find them all around the country. Um, And they make a Bramble Mule, which is a, yeah, it's real good. Uh, It's raspberry ginger hibiscus um, with their Bramble Vodka. And it's so good. This is my second one. (laughs) Gonna open it up because it's in a can. I mean, how great is that? So everybody, maybe if you're not drinking this, you support a local business while listening to this podcast. Now that I have a second drink, let's start on this episode. (laughs) Perfect. Let's start with the cold open, of course. Um, There's a lot to fit into both this recap and there was a lot to fit into the episode. Yes. We jump right in. Yeah, at first I was very confused about jumping right in because it jumps right in. Like I was like, did I miss part of this? But then listening to the behind the scenes, it seems like they were trying to actually fit a ton in. So there's no like, it just jumps right into the middle of a scene, basically. Yeah. So we jump in with Stevie at Patrick's apartment, uh, telling David and Patrick about the plans for their bachelor party, which she is somewhat unwillingly throwing for them. Um, I, I don't blame her. Like, that is definitely a daunting task. And from the sound of it, David definitely did not make it any easier. He sent her a <laughs> seven-page email, seven page email. <laughs> about the bachelor party of their dreams. And so that's a lot to, to have to try to live up to. <laughs> It's a lot to live up to, but she also does not look happy about having to go to an escape room either. (laughs) It's the only thing Patrick asked for, though. So obviously, like, you have to do it. You have to do it. Um, But her face through that whole thing. And I love that she, like, looks at David. Because I think she's waiting for him to, like, be, like, horrified by an escape room. (laughs) And he thinks it's Panic Room, the movie. (laughs) I love that that's a running joke. (laughs) Yeah. And her face just falls like he didn't <laughs> he didn't respond like she wanted him to. But, you know, they're all trying. <laughs> they're all trying. And David is actually trying really hard for David to be somewhat generous. He's being good, but not nice. So yes. <laughs> while he can't always control what comes out of his mouth about this, he does thank her for it. And I love, like, Patrick gets very, like... Like, oh, when he says thank you to her about that. Like, his buddy is growing. Um, And Stevie has put a lot of thought into this, I feel like. Like, actually, I feel like deep down inside, David would love this bachelor party. Like, it's endless snacks and drinks. If there was karaoke, I think that's the one thing she forgot. Otherwise, I think it actually would have been David's dream. Right. Well, and we don't know what happened after. Uh, maybe the Wobbly Elm has karaoke on late nights or something, you know? <laughs> you know, listen, I know we say lots of times you can't fit everything to 21 minutes, but if they did karaoke without showing us, <laughs> that's where I would draw the line of being angry. <laughs> I also love that I wrote in our show notes, Spreadsheets McGee would love if team building exercise, wouldn't he? <laughs> That is such a Patrick thing to be real into is like team building, family building time in an escape room. And apparently it's a family tradition, but it just fits very, it's very on brand for Patrick Brewer. It is very on brand for Patrick. And then of course, very on brand for David to want things like a Tahitian dolphin cruise instead. I mean, I actually think I would like both of those things. Uh, Yeah, let's do both. (laughs) 
yeah, let's just have an escape room on the cruise that you then go see Tahitian dolphins. Um, but they make do. They make do. Um, and, you know, the rest of the family probably isn't the most excited about it either, but David's going to get them on board and make it happen. I mean, they haven't even responded to the email, so I don't know how excited they're going to get. Also, I was like very interested in the fact that it's a family bachelor party. <laughs> we couldn't invite Twyla. I guess <laughs> Patrick had all those friends. Right. What happened to all his housewarming friends? What are the people in Cabaret? But no, it's a family bachelor party, which, you know, I guess that's a thing. It's non-traditional. <laughs> Clearly, Stevie should not be in charge of the... <laughs> invite list (laughs) (sighs) so other things happening in this episode we'll come back around to the actual bachelor party but there's some things happening before we get there um first we have moira doing radio commercials for larry air which i was very excited to see the return of yes i like how she's like hits the ground running and the cafe talking about like just bragging about how she told those people at Sunrise Bay off um, and how she walked away from all this money. But then Ronnie's kind of, I don't know necessarily would call her the voice of reason, but she's <laughs> voicing all the things that we're thinking is like, you've wanted out of here for many years. <laughs> Not saying three. Uh, <laughs> you've wanted out of here for a lot of, a lot of years and you turn down the first thing that gets you out of here. But apparently this international airline <laughs> is going to get her back on track. <laughs> back on track. That whole scene is very funny because it's like Ronnie is us in that yes. scene, I yeah. think. I mean, like, we literally had that discussion last week. So. Yeah. <laughs> it's so cute how excited Twyla is about all of it, though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ever the source of positivity in everyone's life. <laughs> yes. We all need a Twyla right now. <laughs> Yes, I feel like Twyla and Ronnie were very much the like angel and demon of that scene. <laughs> like you got this, but like more like the cheerleader on one side and the <laughs> you're an idiot on the other side. <laughs> uh, but it was very uh, fun, and so she's like real pumped to go do this commercial, and then it just doesn't pan out for her. Right. I mean those taglines that they're trying to have her say are pretty rough which is on par for exactly what i would expect from larry right. <laughs> i love how she's not wrong about a single one of them right <laughs> which just happens a lot with with moira like she'll say things and you're like she's being difficult but at the same time like she's usually always right, <laughs> right. about what she's talking about um and definitely is this the case with this um my favorite one is like get your dairy air <laughs> In with Larry Ayers and thinking she's like, that's a little chummy. <laughs> I also was really a fan of, uh, if we'll get you from there to here, shouldn't that be the other way around? The other way around. <laughs> like you, you rhymed all the rest, but you just missed it on that one. <laughs> yeah, just switch it around. But I think it's a very interesting, um, it's kind of the juxtaposition between her and Alexis in that scene because Alexis... Both is kind of you're realizing along with Alexis and Moira that she hasn't done her best work. Right. And that Moira like is in real time seeing where this is like falling short and kind of this is not the thing she has hyped it up to be. And so see, seeing her realize maybe I made a mistake. The two of them are kind of spiraling together on right. mic. <laughs> where everyone yes. can hear them. 
yes, Moira says, like, this is the... She asks Alexis, is this the lowest point of my life? And Alexis says, I don't know, is this the lowest point of mine? Um, But it's very interesting how she's been talking about taking this big stand. And now she's, like, literally days later being like, is this the lowest point? Like, I feel like there's probably, like, maybe the day you lost all your money might be the (laughs) lowest point of your life. But I like this dichotomy between the two of them. And I also really liked that Moira did not blame Alexis. Yeah. For what happened. Alexis did try. She she said, you know, this was the best thing she got coming right. out of the Sunrise Bay. I, I won't call it a catastrophe, but incident, right. let's say. Um, and so this is the best offer she's gotten. She's trying to make it work. And it clearly isn't what either of them wants for Moira. Um, but she tried. And yeah, like, it's nice that she didn't, that Moira didn't blame her for that. Yeah, that she didn't blame her for this and for, like, she, Alexis kind of pushed her along that path with yeah. Sunrise Bay. And so she's never come back and said, like, you told me to ask for what I want, I deserve. <laughs> so I like that. She knows it was the right choice at the, at the end of the day. Like, she did the right thing, even if she's now right. having some regrets about it. But Alexis is a good PR person and gets her out of there quickly, but not before Alexis... <laughs> Does an inspired Moira Rose. <laughs> I feel like that's one of those things that they wrote in just because Annie probably really like wanted the opportunity. Yes. And rewatching it today, it was like, like it was funny when I watched it the first time, but like when you're actually waiting for it, <laughs> it's so much better because her inflection is, it's like exactly the opposite of what it should be. Yes, it's so bad. <laughs> It's so bad, but it's like clear, like her inflection is clearly just flipped from what it should be, um, probably purposely. And I think it showcases how good of a comedic actress Annie is herself um, to show that. But like, you should watch that like 10 times. (laughs) What else have you got to do right now? (laughs) Then in other news, we have Johnny, who is very excited about a phone call. It's not exactly news. Um, Stevie and Roland are a little confused by it. Um, don't quite know what to wait to make of it. But Johnny knows what he's talking about, and he's waiting for a phone call from his former assistant, who he may be able to convince to give them a meeting to pitch their ideas for franchising the motel. <laughs> yes, there's like a lot of caveats to it. Yeah, they're waiting for a phone call to. Get confirmation of a meeting to then talk about the motels, which would maybe give them a pitch, which would maybe give them money. Right. There's a lot of steps here. There's a lot of ifs, a lot of unknowns. I understand why Stevie and Roland are a little confused by his enthusiasm, but he does have the right to be excited about it. He does. This is the first thing. And I think, like, this is the first person who's really, like, got back to him right um we've seen some other people in the past where they've talked about how they don't nobody reaches out to them after they lose all their money and so and this was probably somebody that at the time didn't have the means to like he had been johnny's assistant and now he's a venture capitalist so like probably when johnny lost his money he wasn't really in a place to be there for him either so yes so they're waiting to just connect to this guy I loved that it was his former assistant, though, like the fact that someone who helped him in the past and he relied on is now going to mm-hmm. be the person that he's 
gonna rely on again um, right it's a nice like little connection to their past life i did have i have a coworker who prior to this episode when we were throwing around ideas um thought it would be really interesting if it had been don would be the one who would return his call oh, yeah um which would have been a fun twist but i think like I think we proved pretty thoroughly that Don's kind of an asshole. Yeah. Um, so it was yes. nice to see that it was somebody who, like, Johnny really could feel like he relied on before. Yeah. I was actually thinking about this, and I was like, well, I'll be interested to see in the next week's episode. Um, like, the Johnny Rose that I think of now would be like, like, I think of him with Stevie, and he's like a mentor. Was But was that the Johnny Rose of then? Like, was yeah. he a kind of somebody who someone wanted to help so maybe and maybe it is because this guy is calling him back or maybe he just thinks it's a good opportunity but i'll be interested to see that dynamic between the relationships right and also to see like we've seen in other instances where roses have been confronted with people from their past lives Mm -hmm. and so like to see does johnny like slip back into that role somewhat because that's kind of what he and moira do with don and bev right Um, so like does that still happen or is he like fully this new johnny rose in that meeting yeah and he has these two associates with him in this <laughs> uh, meet, upcoming meeting. Um, how do you play that Johnny Rose with Roland <laughs> in the mix? Um, but we're going to see what happens. And he's very good at voicemail. <laughs> I mean, David obviously comes by his skills naturally in this department. <laughs> I love there's lots of callbacks to voicemails, but... <laughs> Or I also thought of um, in the croning when he can't hang up the phone. Yes. Yeah. Johnny has a lot of phone struggles in general. Mm-hmm. He can't answer the phone there. Like, he can't figure out how to put it on speakerphone in this episode. Yes. <laughs> like, he just, he has a lot of technological struggles. <laughs> yes. And part of me wonders if this is a Dan making fun of Eugene <laughs> situation. Right. right. How much of that is real life? <laughs> but we'll see what happens next week when they go to new york yeah i'm excited to see them like get out of schitt's creek and do something yes i mean they don't leave schitt's creek besides going to elms so this will be an interesting situation speaking of interesting situations (laughs) let's talk about the bachelor party i was really interested in just the way this episode was constructed um and Mm -hmm. they talk about it some in the behind the episode um for this one if you haven't watched it already but the escape room sequence of this episode is, I, I timed it, it's eight minutes and 40 seconds long. It's a very long chunk without cutting away from that mm-hmm. plot line to go to something else. Like, this is pretty much the first time that I think that's ever happened where there's been, like, everyone is in one plot in right. all the same place for this long period of time like this. Um, there is, like, a cut in the middle of it where it, like, jumps to later in the room, but otherwise, like, it is basically a solid nine minutes without leaving this particular plot yeah that was really interesting to see just all of them really like all of their problems and all of their plot lines coming together in this one moment yeah i don't know if i would consider it the same thing but so meet the parents the scene Mm -hmm. between david and patrick is the longest scene they've ever shot but i think this may be the now longest scene they've ever shot even with like cutting up the two parts but i don't know even they're kind of mixing it up between people. So I don't even know right. if I'd count that. But um, yeah, they they did a really good job of like bouncing back and forth between like right. different parts of the rooms and different conversations happening to make it not feel like this long piece. Yeah. Yeah. But I do like it as we talk about this. I have two things to talk about. The first thing, though, is that when they're talking to Roland about this, like 
Stevie says this is family only. This look, it's the whole Rose it family. Is. All six of them. All six of the roses together. <laughs> Finally. Oh, I love it. And Patrick Patrick nails it home too. Like he he calls them all his new family. Like Yes. <laughs> but Stevie and Patrick both are there, and so it's the entire Rose family working together. And so just made my heart happy. <laughs> yeah. It was definitely like the this episode in general, but that this particular like part of it was like definitely the serotonin boost I needed yesterday. Oh yeah. <laughs> yes. Um what didn't make my heart happy? <laughs> I have one. We'll get it out of the way. I think a few people might have noticed this, but I noticed it right away cuz if you <laughs> they're going to show um them in this the escape room and they show the establishing shot of the escape room right from the outside yeah the strip mall on the side of the highway there is clearly multiple parking (laughs) spots in front of the building and then they cut to inside where they're all waiting for patrick patrick comes in says he had trouble finding a parking spot (laughs) there were parking spots like three of them (laughs) in front of the building (laughs) Maybe they were full when he got there, and then he had to drive really far away. <laughs> and you know, you've had those moments, right? Where like you have to do that. You like park really far away at that point, and you walk back, and you're like, "Son of a bitch, there is a spot open now." <laughs> Maybe people left in the meantime. Also, where was their car? <laughs> How did they all get there? Why was no one with? Did Patrick drop somebody off? What? <laughs> There were spots. <laughs> Am I going to comment on the fact that they say that it's only been three years in this episode? No. Am I going to talk about that there were three parking spots in front of that building? Yes. We got to pick and choose our battles. <laughs> I mean, this is not a pretzel level rant, but it's almost there. <laughs> in spite of the parking situation, <laughs> Patrick does finally arrive. And um, yeah, like he, I, I love this bit when he comes in. He's so excited about this in the first place. And David is, you know, like putting it on a little bit to like placate him. Mm-hmm. Um, not that genuinely excited about an escape room, at least at first. But he is trying. Yeah, but he's trying. And Patrick does have like an actual reason for wanting to do this, which is that it's the Brewer family tradition that they annually do an escape room. And he wants to share it with his new family. And that's just like so sweet. So sweet. (laughs) I was just, oh. Um, And you can see David has that same sort of reaction. Like, like, this really does like mean something to him. He's not just like, oh, this is the nerdy thing that my fiance wants to do. Um, Which, of course, he would love anyway. (laughs) Yes. Um, I think he must have known this, too, because he like... We learn later he has left a voicemail telling his dad that they're all going to be excited. He makes sure they're very excited about it. And so he's trying his best. (laughs) He's trying his best. But I just really want to stop for a minute and think about the annual escape room tradition of the Brewer family what that looks like <laughs> i mean i feel like that this really gets at at patrick's competitive nature that he comes by that as a family trait <laughs> but i'm just like envisioning it in my head <laughs> do you if you need to take a calming moment over these next turbulent weeks just close your eyes and think about patrick marcy and clint <laughs> maybe a couple brewer cousins <laughs> a couple brewer cousins 
trying to get out of an escape room. And I think it will center you <laughs> and bring you peace. I've never had peace in the escape room, but maybe they have. I don't think they do because Patrick Burr is about as competitive as it gets. I love, like, he is just raring to go. As soon as the message starts, he is in it. He's got the pencil behind his ear. Behind like, his ear. he is ready to go. I love how Noah Reed plays this scene. <laughs> it is just equal parts, like, competitive excited and just full on fucking dork. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it is the most Patrick Brewer. Like if you just distilled him down to his essence, I think this is it. He is just pumped for this. <laughs> he is so pumped. He even pumps his fist. <laughs> um he's so fucking excited and I'm just so excited for him and my favorite part of the whole thing is that David Rose gets so fucking excited. <laughs> I know. He gets so into it, which we know he's competitive. So, like, of course he's going to get into of it. Of course but, like, he is. He's, ex he's, he's trying on Patrick's behalf. So then he really does attempt to do this and he gets into it. And I love that. <laughs> There's just that moment where they're like yelling at each other. And I'm like, <laughs> you deserve each other so much. <laughs> they do. They just completely belong together. <laughs> You are such idiots together, and I love you. And it's appropriate they're wearing the I'm stupid and I'm with stupid shirts in this moment. Like, it just, all of it is perfection. All of it. <laughs> Part of what I love about, like, I'm going to get philosophical about these two, but I think we've talked about it in the past when we were talking about, like, David and Patrick and Alexis and Ted, but, like, Patrick is, like, kind of David's conduit to the real world in a lot of ways. And so I love when these things happen when they're doing, like, real world things. And then David enjoys them. <laughs> like, you get to see these, like, little places where Patrick makes David a real boy. Um, <laughs> and so this is one of those things where, like, David Rose would never fucking do this in his entire life right. in the past. But because Patrick wants to do it, he's here and he loves it. <laughs> and I love getting to see that for David. Um, that they're just two nerds that love <laughs> to be competitive about puzzles. <laughs> Which we knew about right. David. <laughs> we did. We knew that from Games Night, like season one. It tells us right off the bat that David is competitive as hell. So like, of course, this is exactly up his alley. Right. And I love that it means that, like, Patrick didn't, he he chose this, you know, for his own reasons, but he also didn't think that, like, this would be something David hated either. Right. Like, he chose something that he knew that David was going to get into once they got in there. Um, and talking about how they balance each other out, like, a lot of times we think about David as being sort of, like, the loud, the brash, mm -hmm. the sort of a little bit crazy one. Um, and so I love these moments that we get like this where he kind of brings that out in Patrick too, where they can just kind of yell together. Yeah. I love how we last week were talking, which we've talked about this ourselves multiple times of like, were they putting it on? And then we were always like, but the Alcaso could just be really into it. And it it's a little bit of a mix of both. Like it starts out as David putting it on. Yes. But he gets really into it. It was just that they were really into it. And I love that. I love that because when I watched that part where he opens the book, mm -hmm. way back when the promo came out, I was like, that part I always was like, this is genuine. He is really into this. <laughs> and they're 
dumbasses together. <laughs> they are both really into this. Like other parts of it, I had wondered if they were putting it on, but um, yeah, it turns out they're just, and I like, are David and Patrick going to be doing, is there such thing as like an escape room team? They could join. <laughs> <laughs> they're just going to go around and do escape rooms together, which is honestly like, I have to admit, I am that le- exact level of nerd. I am fully Patrick Brewer in this situation. I fucking mm-hmm. love escape rooms. Yes, Leslie, we're going to need your full review of this escape room. <laughs> my my friends and I have done, just in the last like year and a half, have done 13. Um, I, I fucking love escape rooms. I am, like I said, fully Patrick Brewer levels here. I am the one with the pencil behind my ear, the one reading the instructions as soon as we get inside, cheering other people on when they're doing the right things. Um, that is fully me. And so I was very excited to feel like represented in that way <laughs> in this episode. Um, but I gotta say though, like as an escape room, this is not a very good room. <laughs> I mean, there are pieces of it that are that are fine, but the ultimate solution once Alexis actually figures it out is basically that there's a key hidden under an item on the desk and like Mm -hmm. if anybody had just bumped that in their excitement at any point throughout the room you would have just had the key so that's not a very well designed room (laughs) okay i am david that i would be like i don't like things that make me look stupid because i can't (laughs) think of them off the top of my head and i wouldn't be very good about blowing those things (laughs) but i like that it shows us i mean this is the true escape room experience in that for one, you need to split up. If you've never done an escape room before, you do. You need to split up. Not necessarily into teams, but like everybody take a wall and search. Like uh-huh. do different things, split up, work on different puzzles at different times. Like if everybody's just focused on one thing, you're never going to get out in time. Um, but also like the fact that everybody contributes in some way. Maybe not Moira and Johnny so much. They do a lot of talking <laughs> to the assistant here. But, like, Alexis obviously figures out the actual solution. David and Patrick are both, like, looking around, finding things. Stevie gets really into it and says she's enjoying it. Like, everybody plays a part in solving it in some way. Even if you're just the person that's, like, putting the answers in the lock, like David's doing when he opens the book. There's a role for everyone. It's super fun. That's my escape room pitch. (laughs) I've Uh, learned a lot about escape rooms this week, (laughs) which is funny. Because I can't escape right now, <laughs> right. but I it did look fun. I would be I would be a mix of David and Stevie. Like I would be like I'm not I don't want to be not smart, but I would probably when things started popping open, I was like, oh, ooh, is this what it's like? <laughs> it is. <laughs> okay, I can get into this, but yes, they're having fun. Some of them are having fun. Some of them just need to get their phone. <laughs> Just need to get the door open. Just need to get the phone. One of the two. And some of them are definitely feeling what we're all feeling right now and saying we're just never getting out of here. (laughs) I've never related more to a character on a TV show than Moira saying she was never getting out of here than I was this week. Well, actually, that's not true. There's another character this week. There are a lot of relatable moments this week, I think. There's a very relatable moment that we'll get to. and I need a Patrick to reassure me that we can find the Finch. That's right. But Moira is trapped in escape room, which is kind of a metaphor for her life right now when she realizes she lost her chance to get out. Yeah. Well, and then you've got that moment of Patrick saying, I wouldn't be so sure that you've, you know, lost this opportunity to get out. And so 
obviously he's speaking specifically about the actual physical escape room at that point. But it is like a moment of reassurance in general that Mm -hmm. like, just because that opportunity didn't work out and you're now having a little bit of regrets about it, doesn't mean you're not getting out of Schitt's Creek altogether. (laughs) And then of course they wrap up the bachelor party after they finally get out. Um, Johnny gets the call that he's been expecting, which we of course knew he was going to. Like, yeah, <laughs> to that point in the season where there really wasn't a question about that. But it's right. it's good to see them have a win there, and they're all so excited for him. They're all so excited, and like I think I liked this part juxtaposing this to the end of season one when they think they're getting out in town for sale. Like they're all so excited at that level, but I think like. Patrick is excited and Stevie is excited because it's less about like being like the town is for sale, but like that we might do this business venture. Right. I don't even know if Johnny is yet being like, we're going to get out. Like it's more that we're like taking this next step. Right. Yeah. He definitely talks about it. Like when he tells them about it in the room in terms of like, there could be an influx of money to be able to do this step in the business. And so he Mm -hmm. doesn't even treat it like, Yes, this is our guaranteed way out of town, and it it, it absolutely isn't. Like we right. don't, uh, we obviously don't know what's going to happen with the pitch. I mean, I would assume that this close to the end that it's going to go well. Um, We're not. Who knows? But but yeah. it might not. Or like, just because it goes well doesn't mean that that gives them an opportunity to get out immediately either. Yeah, I think too. Like, it'll be interesting to see over the next three episodes. <laughs> uh, like how they're all feeling about this because I think some of them like probably like David and Patrick and Johnny and Stevie are thinking or even Alexis are thinking this is like something where you're growing the business right. um, and like taking that next step here though in this place right. and I think definitely Moira probably thinks this is our way out of here this is out of the escape room <laughs> right <laughs> um, so it'll be interesting to see how that plays out I think we'll see that next week yeah. Um, but before we do that, we, we have to have the rest of the bachelor party. Right. Which is <laughs> at, at the, the Wobbly, Wobbly Elm. Elm. <laughs> and we get, obviously there's the scene with David and Alexis, which we'll talk about here in a minute. Um, but I love that just in the background of that is Patrick just hanging out, really casual, talking with the roses mm-hmm. in the background, just like having a chat. They're They're yeah. having a laugh. Like... He really is, like you said, they're all part of the family. So he and Stevie both are back there. Yeah. Um, just having a having a good time being part of the fam with Johnny and Moira. <laughs> yeah, I think this episode really plays well with that, with Moira Rose. It's like, now we have the whole family. Like, even more have the whole family with Stevie being there. Um, but I love that. And then I love when they come all back together. If you pay attention, there are mozzarella sticks on the table. There are. Of course, there are mozzarella sticks. There's also nachos and a bread bowl, which is weird. But uh, <laughs> there's there's harkening back to their time together, and literally the cutest baby pictures of <laughs> David and Patrick, which are actually baby pictures of Dan and Noah, which are so adorable. And if you haven't seen, I don't think Dan has shared his baby picture, but Noah's is on his Instagram account. If you if you scroll back, um. With those little chubby cheeks. But they're very cute. Um, and I I love that that was part of uh, Stevie's decoration. Is like 
I think she's trying to embarrass them, but they're just so adorable. <laughs> they are. And I mean, David says they were not approved photos, but like at the end of the day, yeah, they were both really fucking cute as babies. They were really fucking cute. And so you can just look at those cute little baby pictures and eat your mozzarella sticks and have a drink and spend time with the family. Yes. I would say too that I don't, I don't know if I'll count this, but there is a cheers in every season. Mm-hmm. Since Patrick and David have gotten together, there has been a cheers between them during a pivotal moment in their lives. Right. I'm not quite sure if I'm ready to count this as one, but there <laughs> has been a cheers now in season six. Um, there's one um, in grad night with the mozzarella sticks. There's one in pregnancy test when they're at Stevie's. And there's yeah. one in um, Life is a Cabaret. Um, and so now we have the season six one, but I haven't quite decided if this is the right one because it's not just them. Right. Um, but well, still, even even if there isn't another one, we can we can count it. <laughs> and I mean, like it it does count. It's it's a, a natural progression mm-hmm. of the fact that like this is Patrick being welcomed in David's family, right? You know? Even if they're kind of talking about Johnny at the same time. <laughs> I mean, that's what usually happens, right? Moira does yes. love to make things about other people. It reminded me a little bit of Grad Night when they're yeah. doing the whole Happy Day Alex and Davis cake. Um, and it turns into also being about Moira's performance and about Johnny selling out the motel. And like, it's always about everyone else and never just about who it's supposed right. to be. <laughs> yeah, but they're all just all together as a family. And I'm going to go cry over that. <laughs> I know it. It's one of those things where I'm like, oh, I'm really, I, I'm realizing I'm just like fully ready to cry over all of the oh, rest yeah. of the episodes at this point. There's going to be something like at that level in every episode. Of this. There are now 63 minutes of things you can cry over. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> Actually, you know what? We can double that because there is also the the farewell special. <laughs> Oh, I'm fully planning to cry over that. I'm pretty sure that Amy Seagal has created a documentary that's just literally meant to make people cry. (laughs) I mean, I'm really excited for it. I can't wait. (laughs) I could use a good cry right about now. Yes, we could all use a good cry in case you don't know. After the um, end of the season only, (laughs) not not anything else, uh, there will be a documentary that plays um, on the CBC and Pop. Uh, so don't hang up the phone, <laughs> the internet. Um, also, the episode will air an hour earlier. Yeah, make sure you watch it at the right time. <laughs> anyway, out of the logistics, we're not CBC or Pop, so why are we telling you these things? You can figure that fucking out for yourself. <laughs> Quarantine is making me very salty. <laughs> I am very grumpy and I have taken to swearing and it's how I'm getting through life and you can all fucking deal with it. We're all doing what we gotta do. (laughs) If anyone needs me to rant about anything, please write us. (laughs) Speaking of also other people who are having a hard time, (laughs) we should talk about Alexis. We should. Alexis is... I feel like Alexis has really like taken the forefront this season in terms of the plot arcs. Um, and we're seeing her here having a bit of a struggle still. <laughs> yes. It's not necessarily just Ted related anymore. It's sort of grown into a full life struggle. <laughs> Can I go on a tangent? <laughs> I mean, what else are we here for? <laughs> because today, people, I was stupidly asking people to ask me things, but one of the things I think. 
you have to think of with the show is that season five and season six are an arc mm. together. Together, yes. Um, because people always are like, there's not enough of this in this season, but you have to think of them together. And I feel like season five is very much with all the stuff that's happening, like David and Patrick's arc of the show, like they're kind of coming together as a couple. They're like hitting these milestones and they're also like struggling and they still see some of that in season six, but I feel like season six is definitely like like Alexis's arc Mm -hmm. and you see her kind of grow as a person. And so like, if you think of these two seasons as (laughs) a story arc and character growth, like we are definitely in Alexis's character growth area right um now and so i think when people sometimes are like why isn't there more david and patrick like if you think of those two seasons together we've had a lot of it right um and this is kind of her moment right and the the reason that you would think of them together is because dan has said like they were given the two seasons instead of just one to finish up the show and so yeah you take the the bigger arc of it and you you plot it out into two smaller arcs, of course, in terms of two seasons. But it is really like the end of the show spread over 28 episodes instead of 14. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, David and Patrick really had the focus kind of in the front half of that. And obviously, like, they're getting married. Like, we know we're coming back around to them. <laughs> they're like the solid ground. Like, people are, it's very funny when people say, like, they're, like, worried about them because they are right. very much the solid ground of this right. part of the season. Like, the arc. Um, yeah, I have no questions about where they're headed. Like, yeah. they're, they're headed to a wedding and we're going to get there. Like, everyone else still has things to figure out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so it's interesting to see that play out over the season um so yeah we're definitely in we're in the alexis trenches right now and she looks like she's in the trenches <laughs> listen i think we've all said it i've said it multiple times but if alexis isn't what we all look like right now <laughs> right sweatpants on the bottom work clothes up top <laughs> work clothes up top <laughs> This is how we're all getting by on our work from home meetings. We're all binging a lot of yogurt, apparently. <laughs> or in my case, cookies. And we're just all trying our best. And she's just trying her best to figure this out. But unfortunately, she has a dead plant. <laughs> a <laughs> desert daisy, as she calls it. Or a succulent. You as know, it really is. Either way. <laughs> Um, but yeah, she's, she's struggling a bit with like the lingering after effects of the Ted thing, obviously, but this is all kind of making her leading to her questioning her life in general and whether she still has a place in Shit's Creek. Cause she's right. There's not a lot of need for a publicist in Shit's Creek, especially if you think mm-hmm. that Moira might get out at some point, like right. that's pretty much her only client <laughs> that's going to happen there. Minus the cult. I love this kind of you see her kind of running up against her old self again too like she's like she says like I used to have a boyfriend and then she's talking about following Ted to the Galapagos and like it's like she's running into this where like David is also being like you followed all these guys around in the past like don't don't do that again and so you see her kind of hitting up against that but I think part of her like that's her reflex to do that but the other part of her is really thinking about herself and her career and like her growth as a person yeah and then of course she's the one who gets them all out of the room ultimately 
for one, I love that this is like a callback to all of Alexis's adventures have sort yes. of culminated in this moment where she knows exactly what to do to get a group of people out of a not a really a sticky situation right but still like she knows exactly how to handle this um and all those skills she's ever put to use in real escape situations yeah can can work here as well um, so i love that that's like how she wins this but it is it's, it's that moment that kind of gives her her confidence back mm-hmm. of saying like I am still that person that I used to be, but I also want to grow along with the person that I've become. Um, yeah. and she kind of wants to like marry the two. And so the solution to that, it seems maybe that she goes off around the world in some way, but not following a guy in this case, mm-hmm. but following her own growth. Yeah. It will be really interesting to see. Like, I love that they talk about the signs of that, too. Of like, is this a sign being in this room about the Galapagos that I should right. be with Ted? But she frees them from that situation. They, She frees them from what kind of is holding her back. I wouldn't say Ted holds her back, but um, this, like, view that she needs to follow a man around um, instead uses herself to get to get there. But I think that this is one of those things where, like, we ultimately know that that's why she didn't choose Ted, was that she right. she needed to be able to, like, move past this version of herself where she did follow guys around the world. Um, but I like that they actually sort of explicitly spelled it mm-hmm. out here, that that's exactly why she shouldn't have gone, um, right. is to, to move beyond that. I did wonder a little bit, like, in terms of thinking about foreshadowing, that Alexis gets them all out of the room. <laughs> Is was this just like Alexis getting herself out, or is this foreshadowing that Alexis gets them out? Because we don't yet know who's like. I feel like there's three different people in this situation that have kind of paths they could take us on. Like we could get Johnny to take us down this path, or Moira could go back or find something else around um, her career. Or is Alexis going to go off? I love that again. Like David's the one we don't have a question about. Like. We know what he's doing. He is, he's built this life here. And I just, I mean, at some point, the choice is going to have to be made of who's going to go and who's going to stay. Like, I think that that's inevitable at this point. Yeah. Um, And I I just don't feel like I have a question about David. I think, I think it will be a hard decision for him in terms of realizing that his family is going to potentially move on without him. Yeah, and I think we see that with Alexis. Like, you kind of see yeah. him realizing that she might be going somewhere, and now this is his family. And he, like, I think I think you all, you can always tell all the Roses love each other a lot, but, like, David is always, like, in his own way, loved them and cared about them being with him. And so him, like, realizing that at the end of the episode, that Alexis is probably going to leave. Well, and I really like that as a contrast to the season premiere, too, because in the season premiere, he's got her leaving for a temporary period, mm-hmm. and he's reacting really poorly to it, right? Yeah. He's trying to kind of cut her out of wedding planning as sort of a reactionary um, right. instinct to that. And here he's a lot softer with her. And mm-hmm. even though he probably, it, maybe it hasn't quite hit him fully yet that she is going to leave because right. of this, like he is a lot, a lot gentler with her. Um, about the fact that maybe that's what she needs. Yeah. And I think we are going to get, I mean, this is my speculation. Like, I don't think David's going to leave, obviously, but 
I think there has to be a point when David realizes that he's going to stay. Yes. Like there has to be an active choice to that. I think that, and I think the active choice is that, oh, it's no, like, I don't have to make a decision. This is just me. Right. And this is where I am. And I, I can't wait for that because I like, know. I love the, the change between like David running away in the first season and David being the one to stay. <laughs> I know. I love that that's where we're coming back to is really sort of a mirror to the season one finale. Mm-hmm. Um, and the fact that there was an opportunity for them to get out, it fell through in that case. Um, but how they all reacted to that, what they all were planning to do because mm-hmm. of it, like it was instantly like, let's go back to our old lives. And here, right. you know, you've got Alexis thinking about moving forward, Johnny thinking about growing a business, like just seeing that change just between those kind of where we're headed and the the actual season one finale is really like moving Mm -hmm. and the fact that they are really really different people at this point um who are going to make some different choices and yeah i particularly like you said like david literally ran away at the end of the finale and the fact that he at least i am confident is going to be one to stay right and like you said, it's not going to be a choice. It's going to be him realizing like there is no choice. Like right. obviously, it's not in a bad way. Like this is right. this is me. This is right. where I this belong. is just who I am now. Yeah. And yeah, I'm I'm very excited about it. I'm really excited about I'm it. I'm ready to cry. <laughs> I'm ready to cry. And I'm also I love that there will. All, I mean, I think even if literally all of them left, there would always be this tie to this town. But I love that he will also be the tie to this town. Yes, this will. This town will always be home to them. Yeah. I think from now on, but also like he it's will where be they the... became a family again. It's where they became a family and they grew as a family and there's all these I mean, not lots of people. I mean there are, like I think you can include a lot of the other townsfolk, but they grew their family with Stevie and Patrick as well there and so Yeah. Ugh. <laughs> it's fine, I'm just crying. I'm just <laughs> crying over this stupid show. Anyway, <laughs> What's your favorite line of the episode? Let's go with that. You know what? Because we're gonna cry. I'm gonna um I'm gonna pick two. <laughs> and I said I wouldn't. You're such a jerk. <laughs> L- listen, uh, Leslie wrote, B is a cheater who keeps picking extra lines. And I wrote, B is just gonna pick one but can't decide, okay. But no, I'm gonna pick fucking two, because <laughs> I'm gonna cry otherwise. Because why not? <laughs> why the fuck? not okay what are you all gonna do about it <laughs> anyway these two anyway, favorite lines of this episode <laughs> i did tell leslie that I was quite feral at this point but um <laughs> uh oh so i have two favorite lines and one of them is actually two lines <laughs> <laughs> you're the worst <laughs> i'm the worst um the first one is from when david and alexis are in the room and she's She's just all falling apart. And I love when David says to her, I never thought I'd have to say this, but there's only one, there's only space in this family for one unstable sibling. And I've held the title for a very long time. So you're just going to have to get it together. <laughs> I love that for a lot of reasons. I don't think that's going to like hit home after what just transpired, but I'm the stable one in my family. <laughs> uh, I you could definitely I think most people who have siblings can pinpoint who's the stable one in their family. <laughs> I am usually that person. <laughs> Maybe not right now. 
we're all a little unstable right now. I feel like we've all had that moment who has been in their family. Either you are saying to them, listen, I'm the crazy one and you've got to calm down. <laughs> or you're like, yeah, I'm I'm the normal one. And it's confusing <laughs> when you've gone off the deep end like I have. Uh, I love that line. <laughs> I also love right after that, like take one of mom's little happy pills. Like we can all use one of mom's little happy pills right now. I love that mom still has happy pills or she's gotten access to them recently. I feel like maybe Maybe. Um, because she only had over the counter painkillers in season four. (laughs) But my second favorite, because I have two, of course, um, is in the escape room when Patrick, it's just like the tiniest little line when Patrick is talking about the, the annual Escape Room Challenge has been a Brewer family tradition for a long time, and I thought it would be fun to share it with my new family since they mine couldn't be there. It's very heartwarming. And then Moira just says, <laughs> have they passed? <laughs> and I love both that line and Patrick's face. And Alexis's face. Alexis, like, rolls her eyes. Like, it's just the perfect Moira line. <laughs> doesn't know if the Brewers are alive or dead. <laughs> Leslie, how many lines do you have? Listen, I'm just going to go with one because I like to stick to the rules. Play by the rules. I also went with a Patrick line, which was, again, a line that made me feel very seen. (laughs) 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 Which was when they're in the escape room and the voice comes over and says there are 52 minutes remaining and David announces that and Patrick replies with hey David everyone heard the time all right 52 people let's go come on like he just he's like everybody knows but then he's so excited about it and so like in it he just has right. to yell about it um and that i just i i felt very very represented in that moment speaking of no, I don't even have one for that. <laughs> no segues needed. No segues needed. Speaking of stupid. <laughs> is that what we were talking about? <laughs> <laughs> this has just gone off the rails, folks. Uh, we should talk about fashion in this episode. There's a lot of good fashion that I was just like from far away appreciative of, like Moira's outfit in the escape room. The pleather with lace is amazing. (laughs) Um, But we have to talk about a few things. One, I think we keep talking about like the, the like love theme Mm -hmm. through David um, over time and that David is in the beginning wearing a lover shirt that's matched, matched up to the t-shirt he wears in the second episode of the season. Yeah, this is, I love this one because it's sequined. Like you don't necessarily, it's hard to tell, like it almost looks like it's maybe just like plasticky or something, but it's Mm -hmm. like, it's sequined, the word lover. So it's like a very like sparkly version of the fact that he's in love with his fiance. Like we keep talking about that, but. This little heart is right there on display. Um, And I think it, it like really shines in that scene where they're in the motel, but um, you can kind of see a sparkle. Uh, But I love that. But we can't not talk about the bachelor, <laughs> the bachelor party looks. Which I mean, underneath it all is like some Rick Owens, just normal yeah. David. I, I really and... liked seeing the Kinzo jeans make an appearance again because I really love those jeans. <laughs> um, the the shirt that harkens back to both um the first episode that David and Patrick met and the one from Life is a Cabaret after he gets engaged. Um, it's a Rick Owens shirt. I love that. But the best part. 
I think you have a best part and I have a best part. So <laughs> you should say your best part. Okay. My favorite part of this, of course, is the I'm with stupid and I'm stupid t-shirts. <laughs> and the fact that David thinks his is missing the with. Yeah. But instead, no, Stevie made sure his specifically just said I'm stupid. I'm stupid. Which, like, as a visual gag is so perfect in so many of these escape room scenes like if you just pick any random moment right. and like pause the screen where david is showing wearing the shirt that says i'm stupid and like making some kind of fate it's just perfect right. i love that and then i also love if you find patrick around the room he's pointing to various few people saying that they're stupid i love that if you watch the behind the episode dan said he kept his <laughs> I mean, Dan kept a stair stepper, so I don't, I think Dan Levy might have a, like a museum to the show in his house, but of course he kept his shirt. I want to know if Noah kept his shirt, though. Yes. Uh, My favorite, I mean, I love that part, but my favorite is that they got David to wear a tiara that says <laughs> bride to be. Like, I went back to like the jazz guy and like him putting on the tiara there and not wanting to do it and he seemingly just willingly puts on this yeah we don't see him question it at all no you even see it on the it's on the table in the first scene like she's clearly brought it to him um but he's just proudly wearing that party city hat (laughs) and it looks good it looks good on him looks great apparently not fun to wear for eight hours of filming but (laughs) yeah probably a little headache probably messes up the hair (laughs) But, you know, he was game. He went along with everything. He wore the I'm stupid shirt. He wore the tiara. Like, he did. He, he did it. He went along with what Stevie planned and what Patrick wanted to do. And, like, this is a very different David Rose than we would have seen in, like, season one. He is. David Rose is going to complain about it, but he will do it for the people he loves. <laughs> yes. And I love that about him. That was this week. So let's talk about next week. So next week's episode is called The Pitch, and the official episode description is that Johnny, Stevie, and Roland head to New York for their pitch meeting, while the family anxiously awaits their return. Um, And we got the preview of that with the entire family there to try to send them off on their way um, to go to New York. And so, like we said earlier, I'm excited to see them get out of Schitt's Creek and the surrounding part of the county, I guess. out of the elms yeah they're gonna get out of the elms they're gonna we've got stevie in a suit like they're dressed up they're ready to go they're gonna go make this pitch yeah i don't know if you realize this when you watch this folks but there's like a fancy truck and a driver (laughs) waiting for them don't know if i feel like that's either like the guy has sent it or roland has hired (laughs) this person (laughs) somehow yeah one of the two but yeah i mean i'm excited to see What's going to happen with the pitch, where it's going to leave all of them, and what the family is doing while they anxiously right. await their return. I will say that I think I think for all of you that feel like me and like you need more Rose Apothecary, I think they're at Rose Apothecary. I think that's coming this week. I'm so excited. And it's coming back um, from some behind the scenes photos we saw because of one specific piece of clothing. <laughs> <laughs> Which B just loves. <laughs> B loves culottes. <laughs> These are not culottes. <laughs> Listen, you all know how I feel about culottes. Take the exact opposite feeling. <laughs> and that is how I feel about the Rick Owens raw-edged asymmetrical skirt that David 
Rose is wearing in the upcoming episode, which you see in the promo. That's this is no spoiler. Uh, it is ugly as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> it is not not a good look. No, I I mean like it looks fine on him. Let me let me say that. Like it's not. I will that, say like, too, it too. Yeah, looks bad on Dan. Um, but like it's just not to my taste at all. <laughs> There's a lot of things wrong with it. Number one, it's a jean skirt. Like, <laughs> ladies, we all know that how we feel about jean skirts these days. But add cargo jean skirt. <laughs> yeah, there's cargo pockets. It's asymmetric. It's got the raw hem. Like, there's a lot of weird things happening with there this There are skirt. so many better skirts for David Rose to be wearing. I do love that he's, like, just flat out wearing a skirt at this point, though. Like, I do, too. It's and not I wa- skirted pants. It's not culottes. He is literally wearing a skirt, and I love that. I love that. I actually get more mad because there are so many better skirts he could be wearing right. <laughs> than this ugly 1990s Jankos pants-looking <laughs> skirt. Man, I miss my Jankos. <laughs> I never had them, but... I feel like I'll save the rest of my feelings about it. I'm really excited to see what happens next week and how much I can hate on that screen. <laughs> I'm excited for that. I'm also excited for something that we saw a little bit of in this episode, too, which is that so we've got Patrick back in sort of like blue shirts here, right? He's worn mm-hmm. a lot of, you know, green and such this season. Um, but the shirt that he was wearing in the cold open of this episode and the shirt that he's wearing next week, which we saw in some behind the scenes pictures uh, back during filming have like a ribbon placket that has yeah. like a pattern on it. And I just like that as like a little added touch to his normal everyday look. Patrick Brewer is just settling on into himself. And I love that. Yeah. <laughs> He's exploring his fashion in different ways this season. Mm-hmm. I love it. So that was the end of the episode and the end of next week. Folks, if you need something to do this week, you should go back and listen to our other podcast <laughs> episodes. You know, I feel like it's a good time to binge watch and you could watch and listen, watch That's and true. listen, watch and listen. Um, but you should also check us out on Twitter and Instagram. We're at shitfacepod. And if you want to find us on the internets personally, you can find me at Brandy and Indy on Twitter. And Leslie, where can they find you? You can find me at Leslie the Baker. And be sure to um, subscribe and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts because it helps other people to find the podcast. And clearly people need stuff to do right now. So please do that. Uh, And I guess we'll see you next week. It'll be great. Yes. And make sure you stay inside and wash your hands. Wash your hands. See you later. Bye. Bye. Bye.